0: Welcome to Copyright Clearance and His Podcast Series. I'm Christopher Kennealy for Beyond the Book. It's Friday, March 1st, 2019. Every week we check in with Publishers Weekly for the latest news on books and reading. Andrew Albanese, PW Senior Writer, joins me today from the magazine's offices in Manhattan. Welcome back, Andrew. Hey there, Chris. So on the calendar for March this year, Andrew, is the London Book Fair. It's a month earlier than the usual practice. And indeed, the fair has moved to March for 2019 this year and for next year, 2020, both at Olympia Hall. In Monday's issue of PW, you're going to have the annual look at the much-anticipated book manuscripts and other properties that agents and publishers will bring with them to London. That's right. Monday's issue, our annual London Briefcase issue. It's about eight pages or so,
1: pretty good size, of uh, the hot properties that the publishers will be selling at this year's fair. Uh, It includes a little short intro on what we can expect at this year's fair, written by yours truly. And I suppose this is as good a time as any to remind listeners that, once again, Publishers Weekly will be at the fair, covering the fair, and publishing three days' worth of show dailies, which will be packed with news from the fair, as well as features about the issues that will be taking center stage in London. And those issues will, of course, be free online for everyone to read on the Publishers Weekly website.
0: And London is the first big international fair of the year, Andrew. Give us a sense of where we are in 2019 compared to last year's London Book Fair.
1: Sure. So, you know, our listeners will probably remember that, you know, the opening keynote at last year's 2018 Quantum Conference coined a a rather interesting phrase. Uh, It was delivered by Tom Goodwin, who was the head of innovation for Zenith Media. And he told conference goers that the publishing industry was slogging through what he called the mid digital age. And he described it as this sort of incredible age when all these amazing things are possible, but still everyone's a little bit disappointed. Uh, And Goodwin, you know, urged publishers, to rather than just sprinkle technology around the edges of their old analog systems to really get better at looking ahead and not behind. However... As trade publishers prepare for this year's London Book Fair, I have a feeling they're feeling pretty good about their old technology, because for a fourth straight year, publishers head to London against a backdrop of rising print sales. Uh, According to MPD BookScan, print sales in the U.S. rose about 1.3% in 2019. Uh, They topped 695 million units, and that's the fourth year in a row, excuse me, Fifth year in a row, I believe, that that's happened in the U.S., that print sales have been on the rise. In the U.K., sales rose again as well, just over 2.1% on sales of about just over 190 million units sold. And despite flattening growth for ebooks in the U.K. and another year of declines for ebooks in the U.S., publishers' digital businesses are actually in the black, and that's thanks to the growth of digital audio. And the rise of digital audio was a major focus of the fair at, in London last year. Uh, and it was at Frankfurt this year or in October of last year as well. And it's going to feature prominently again in London in 2019 uh, because the format's double-digit growth shows no signs of slowing down. In fact, it may even be ticking up. Uh, of course, 2019 is not all good news for publishers. There's uh, plenty of challenges out there that are going to be discussed in London and the U.S. The Trump administration, of course, continues to sow chaos, whether it's attacks on the free press or on liberal democratic values or trade policies like that are affecting the printing industry, for example, or you know tariffs, things like that, that are really at publishers uncertain about the future. In the UK, speaking of uncertainty, Brexit is coming down to a deadline that has British publishers on edge. And it, it seems like Britain may finally be angling towards rethinking its decision to leave the EU. Not quite exactly sure where that's, how that's all going to shake out. But as this deadline for a so-called hard Brexit approaches, it really thinks like things are starting to shift quickly in England. And also in continental Europe, uh, you have this insurgent new open access movement, Coalition S, that's having global ramifications with its Plan S, which is an open access bid, of course, trying to move all research funded by a group of major funders in Europe to open access by 2020, which, of course... Is right around the corner. And of course, there's a major EU copyright revision that threatens to spark a really tough political battle ahead of this year's EU elections, which are sent for May. So, you know, despite the uncertainty around the globe, and there's quite a bit of it, I have to say the publishing industry has done a good job at remaining remarkably calm and carrying on, to, to coin a British phrase. And at the close of the 2017 London Book Fair, I remember Pam Macmillan, managing director Anthony Forbes Watson, said that was because publishers were feeding off the chaos in the world outside rather than being depressed by it. And two years later in 2019, there's still a lot of chaos in the world, but publishers certainly do appear to be feeding off of it rather than being depressed by it.
0: We will look at the political and policy related issues on next week's program, Andrew, just before you and I head off for the fair. But for now, let's focus on the business side. How are American trade publishers feeling heading into the 2019 London Book Fair?
1: Yeah, well generally speaking, I think US publishers are feeling pretty good. You know, last year of course, 2018 started off with a bang, right? You had the January publication of Michael Wolff's Dishy Fire and Fury Inside the Trump White House, uh, and that not only captured readers' attention, it also captured the attention of Trump lawyers as well, who then sent a legal notice to Wolff, uh, or excuse me, to Wolff's publisher Macmillan, trying to block publication, and that in turn, as Macmillan CEO John Sargent later confided, only helped to sell more books. And just like that, weeks into 2018, the publishing industry had its first million seller of the year, one of five that it would have throughout the year, compared to two in 2017. So on the one hand, I think publishers are feeling pretty good about the way 2018 went for them. You know, Print sales, of course, were up 1.3%, as we mentioned. Uh, Trade publishers had an especially good year, thanks to politics books like Michael Wolfson, of course, veteran journalist uh, Bob Woodward's Fear. But the question, I think, going in is can we sustain that level of interest? Are political books and nonfiction books going to continue to raise all publishing boats in 2019? And so far, it doesn't appear likely. You know, without a Michael Wolf this January, sales of political books were down 40% over last year, and uh, overall print sales are down about 5.9% in the first few weeks of the year. And there's also early signs that this fascination with all things Trump is starting to weaken. You know, the first new Trump titles of the year, there's Team of Vipers by Cliff Sims uh, and Let Me Finish by Chris Christie. They sold just 15,000 and 13,000 copies respectively in their first weeks on sale, which are respectable numbers, but not what we're used to when it comes to Trump books. So you know, there are plenty more Trump related books and a lot of politics books to come in 2019, but you have to ask yourself how many bombshells are really left out there? Robert
0: Mueller, are you listening? <laughs> As publishers head to London, Andrew, any chance fiction's fortunes may change in 2019? That's a really good question, and I know that's going to be on a
1: lot of people's minds because, you know, as you know, fiction—these, uh, are what the AAP stats have shown—fiction adult adult fiction sales have actually declined about 16% since 2013, uh, and so far, 2019 isn't looking like it's going to be much better, according to the MPD data for the first part of this year so far for the first month of January anyway, adult fiction sales fell another 8.7%. And I think turning that trend around in 2019 is going to be challenging for a number of reasons, and a number of these reasons that are going to be very much discussed uh, at the London Book Fair this year. For one, U.S. publishers have really been hamstrung by the sort of well-publicized lack of printing capacity. Uh, As we've discussed previously on this show, publishers are having a hard time getting their books printed in the numbers that they need. There's just not enough printing capacity. Capacity after years of sort of printers consolidating and shutting down, it's one of the more pernicious effects, I think, of the digital future, right? We all sort of looked at ebooks to sort of solve publishing's distribution problems in the future. And as it turns out, we really kind of need all those printers after all. Another factor is the softness traditional publishers are seeing in genre fiction. Uh, More consumers are shifting away from purchases in the mass market paperback format, which of course is where genre fiction really has lived over the years. You know, those numbers are steadily falling. In fact, mass market sales fell another 14% in January 2019 after showing big declines through all of last year. And readers, of course, appear to be moving those purchases to lower-priced ebooks and subscription offerings from Amazon. And of course, those sales are not counted by BookScan, so we don't really know what those sales are, but that's the theory anyway. And finally, it seems like it's not possible... But I'm here to tell you that the 2020 election season is going to be off and running very soon. We've already seen a number of Democratic candidates announce. By summer of this year, we're going to be having debates. That's going to start dominating the news. And good luck breaking out new novels with this election demanding readers'
0: attention. When Copyright Clearance Centers Beyond the Book returns, Andrew Albanese considers how well digital formats fit with publishers' plans for London Book Fair. I'm Christopher Keneally. I'm
1: Mark Rotella, Senior Editor at Publishers Weekly and host of the new PW podcast, Publishers Weekly Insider. Each week, we'll talk to PW editors, authors, and other industry guests about the biggest and most exciting stories and books in the world of publishing. New episodes of PW Insider premiere every Friday. So listen at publishersweekly.com pwinsider PW Insider or wherever you get your podcasts and be sure to subscribe to PW Insider on iTunes.
0: I'm Christopher Keneally for CCC's Beyond the Book. It's Friday, March 1st, 2019. Andrew Albanese of Publishers Weekly is with me, and we are looking ahead to the London Book Fair, which opens in 10 days' time. With audiobooks increasingly important to publishers' balance sheets, Andrew, it's no surprise audio titles are expected to be a focus at this year's fair. We've seen four years of 20% growth and more year over year. So can digital audio sustain that level? The short answer is yes. In fact, I think it can even surpass that level, as
1: amazing as that sounds. Now, nothing lasts forever. As we saw businesses mature with eBooks, for example, we had those gaudy triple-digit growth rates that steadily went down. And now they're actually in the U.S., at least. They're in negative territory. But the arc is different, I think, for audio. Um, and yes, according to the Audio Publishers Association, four plus years of 20% growth or more. The AAP actually has uh, 37.1% growth for audio titles for the publishers reporting to them anyway for 2018, you know, and I've said this before on the show and I'll say it again in the teeth of the ebook hype, like a decade ago, like 2009, if you'd predicted that digital audio was going to lead publishers, digital departments into the black, I don't think anyone would have believed you. But that certainly appears to be the case today. Uh, As I said, AAP is reporting 37.1% growth for 2018 from the publishers that report to them. And, you know, for the London Show Daily, I had an interview with Penguin Random House's Amanda DiCerno for a feature that will be out, I think, on day one of the fair. And, And she says that all signs point to increasing growth and for a few reasons. You know, among those reasons, of course, is better technology. You know, not only do we have these wireless ear pods now that you can carry around in your pocket, uh, you don't have to worry about wires or anything, but there's this huge change going on with the rise of smart speakers like Google Home and Amazon's Alexa devices. And DeCherno told me that research shows that people with these devices are listening to digital audio. And not just to multitask. And it's interesting because in the past, you think of people with audiobooks, they're driving their cars. That's always been a big deal. They're exercising, right? They're going for walks or they're on the treadmill or they're mowing the lawn or doing something. But what we're seeing more of is that people are coming home at the end of a long day, plopping down on their couch and saying, Alexa, read me my book. It's becoming an increasingly popular refrain. And Amanda told me, and I've heard from other digital publishers as well, that they're starting to actually change the way they're marketing audiobooks to take advantage of these this trend of new smart speakers in more and more homes. And, of course, last year during the holiday season was a big sales season for these devices. So this is a huge development, I think, and one that the publishing industry has not seen in other areas. Ebooks, for example, sort of were cannibalizing people who were just reading print. But these are new consumers now that are coming in to the publishing industry. And those new consumers, research also shows, are young. In fact, the data shows that they're hitting solidly within the 18 to 44 demographic, which is, of course, very
0: coveted. So, as publishers head to London, how much do ebooks still matter? We keep seeing declines in those sales. Yeah, and you know, it doesn't seem like it was that long ago where ebooks were top of
1: mind for everybody coming into the London Book Fair. Um, but the fact is that the rate of ebook decline has gone on for some time in the U.S. now. I think this is the fourth straight year, maybe the fifth straight year. I'm not sure. I haven't looked at the numbers this week yet. But in the U.K. and, the, and in Europe, there's still some growth in the ebook market, but it's slow. But, you know, publishers reporting to the AP in the U.S this year again reported a decline it was just under 4% about 3.6% and as you suggest i'm not sure that it really does matter that much you know the major publishers certainly are not alarmed by the development uh that ebooks are, are seem to be not growing anymore in fact they seem almost pleased you remember at the 2017 Frankfurt Book Fair, uh, Penguin Random House CEO Marcus Doley suggested that trade publishers had achieved a healthy coexistence between print and digital books. That's a direct quote, healthy coexistence. And, you know, and I spoke recently with Marcus. He, he paid us a visit here at the PW offices. He feels exactly the same way he's not backing off that healthy coexistence thing that he had a couple of years ago so you know we can talk a little bit more about the global events that are rattling publishers some of the political stuff and some of the programs next week but ebooks is not among them I can tell you that for strangely enough they are not terribly concerned about it and as you say London is the first international book Fair of the season uh, and publishers are coming to London off a dis off a decent year but nevertheless uh, as we'll discuss next week, I do think things are a little bit
0: tenuous. Well, the summer-like weather in London earlier this week, Andrew, could be a signal we ought to prepare for just about anything. Thanks for joining me today on Beyond the Book, Andrew Albany's Publishers Weekly senior writer. My pleasure, as always. Coming next on Beyond the Book, founded in 1896, the International Publishers Association may have headquarters in Geneva, but for the next two years, its heart will lie in Mexico City. As Manuel Moderno's CEO, Hugo Setzer has helped build its reputation across Latin America for publishing excellence in medicine and psychology. And for the next two years, he also serves as president of IPA.
1: I'm f- fully aware that my responsibility is for the whole of, of, of IPA globally, but I think it's a very good that now IPA has a president and a vice president from, so to say, non-traditional countries, uh, Latin America and the Vice President coming from the Arab world.
0: And I think uh, it sends an important message of the truly international character of, of IPA. From Mexico City to the World Next on Beyond the Book. Beyond the Book is produced by Copyright Clearance Center. Our co producer and recording engineer is Jeremy Brisky of Burst Marketing. Subscribe to the program wherever you go for podcasts and follow us on Twitter and Facebook. The complete Beyond the Book podcast archive is available at beyondthebook.com. I'm Christopher Keneally. Thanks for listening and join us again soon on CCC's Beyond the Book.